It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. I'm 32. I'm delighted to stay. Uh, Stephen Kisby Green, SKG, is with us this morning. Uh, good morning to you, Stephen. How are you? Morning, Jigger. Things off. Um, uh, one of the things that's happened uh, that we see in the papers this morning is that the URC are now talking about copying the trial that's ongoing. Um, in the Southern Hemisphere when it comes to the 20-minute red card rule. And this is coming, it seems like, in a very separate conversation from we need to continually uh, enforce the rulings and uh, make sure that we change people's behaviour when it comes to tackle height and red card. And I'm like, these conversations don't seem to be particularly joined up here. So, first off, and this does seem like it's going to happen, does it? It unfortunately does look like they're going to at least trial it again. It's been working in, um, well, this is not working. It's been trialed in, in Super Rugby at the moment, and nobody seems to be talking about it over there as being a huge failure, which is strange because it does definitely look like a failure from the outside. Um, but yeah, the, the, the World Rugby are definitely looking at trialing it uh, on the Northern Hemisphere and actually in the international window this, this, uh, this summer as well. It's going to happen in the URC. If it happens in the URC, it's going to have to happen for the whole season, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be, be the full thing, and it could even potentially spill over into the uh, Champions Cup, depending on how it works in the URC. Because it would be weird if it went URC and then didn't go Champions Cup. Because then you got Leinster and Ulster and Connacht and, and Munster all playing one set of rules in one competition at the same time, playing a completely different set of rules. So it'll spill over. The, 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 the trial looks like it's going to be more. Um, more realistic uh, and more widespread uh, as as the thing goes on. What's the push behind this? Why are they doing this? The, I think the idea is um, there's a fan backlash of um, red cards ruin games. It's the idea that it, once a team goes down to, to 14 men that or 14 men or 14 women or whatever it is, um, that the teams themselves can't compete so it becomes a bit of a farce and it like just look at the the italian game in the six nations uh, it wasn't the the best of 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 spectacles but again you also look at the, at the opposition so i think that's where it's coming from it wants to try and re- keep the competitive nature of matches especially when teams go down to 14 men but that kind of rings a bit hollow if you look at what happened this past weekend in the champions cup I mean, there was five red cards throughout the entire Champions Cup, which is a fairly ill-disciplined weekend, let's be honest. But of those five, only one of the matches were actually detrimentally affected by the red card. The re- I mean, Sale and Bristol was probably one of the best, we- best matches of the weekend, and Sale had 14 men for uh, 55 minutes. So it, the, the, the idea that red cards were in matches is actually just ridiculous. Well, what's the point of the red card? Uh, it's supposed to be to try and for as far as I can understand, it's supposed to be to try and force um, teams to or players to re- reassess how they do things and actually punish them for doing bad things. So, for example, um, the, right now, as you, as you alluded to, the idea is to pr- we, we want to protect um, players' safety and especially in the light of a lot of the d- d- early onset dementia cases coming on and the, the issues with concussion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the idea at the moment is to punish people for high tackles. But now, if you're going to effectively reward a team to go back to 14, to go back to 15 men after 20 minutes, sure, the player themselves can't come back on, but the team is not is not punished. The team is not putting any pressure on that player to do better. It's 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 weird, and um, it kind of it, it doesn't force coaches to instill a 
lower tackle height, height in the training sessions. It doesn't do anything really to to try and it, 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 as you say, it goes against what um, World Rugby claimed to, to want to do with the with, with, with the tackle height. Okay, so the, the, um, there's a story in the back of the uh, Irish Independent today, and I suspect it's in some of the other papers as well. Um, the head of the URC, their head of match officials, is a South African. His name is Tape, T-A-P-P-E, Henning? Yeah, Tape Henning, yeah. Tape Henning, right. So he took the role on last December, and he says that they are going to look into the 20-minute red card. It is still on the agenda. Uh, he's also hopeful of having neutral TMOs, which would be a good step forward for uh, the competition. Just, you know, not suggesting anybody, anything untoward is happening, but, um, you know. It's always, always good to uh, be above uh, suspicion. Um, and He's saying they're open to this idea, but he, look, in fairness, it's a, a nuanced answer. The other side of it is that if you want to change player behaviour and headshots and things, the punishment must fit the crime. How do you change behaviour with soft decisions? That's the question, right? Because we're seeing too many soft decisions still where there is head-on-head contact and instead of just going, I, I, I don't really care about the like the mitigation or I don't really care about the intent or I don't really care about the, the damage, it's like, that's head-on-head. There, you, there's a, a tiny percentage risk that you took that's too much risk because it's leading to early-onset dementia. These things are linked. So you lower your head height or you get red card. And it's automatic red card. As opposed to this, we're all sitting looking at the video going, it's head and head contact, that's a red card. It's not a red card. No, it is a red card. It's like, no, all head on head contact is a red card. Irrespective of whether or not it's accidental. You just do that and then and then maybe the behaviour changes because nothing has changed the behaviour so far. True, but as um, Andy Dunn actually was on, on the show last night, he, he alluded to, it's not so much a... Um, a lack of willingness from the players per se it's more like these things that can often often happen accidentally like look at um, Jamison Gibson Park's yellow card against Connacht where I personally think it should have been a red card I don't agree with the idea that they, that um, he fell into him because that's a bit of a rubbish answer but at the same time it was ta- being tackled already and Gibson Park didn't lunge towards the player with the shoulder so it wasn't a deliberate head on head no or, so I, I agree it should have been a red card but at the same time it's not so much a Behavioral thing. It's more of an accidental thing, and that's what Andy, Andy Dunn was getting on, on about. It's not like the tip tackle where it's a, contin- a, a conscious decision to tip the player and drive them into the ground. It's these things can happen on the rugby field, and a lot of the time they are rugby incidents. But at the same time, if you are trying to, if you're claiming that you want to protect players, players right now and in the future, if there is an accidental head contact, you kind of have to give some form of punishment for it. Yeah, I, and I think that actually just the red card would, would eventually would, would have an impact where... Uh, the other thing is the 20-minute red card, and it's coming through here on the, on the uh, comments already, the 20-minute red card is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody I speak to in real life, in real day-to-day life agrees, as Jessica and Fergus says, if red cards ruin matches, maybe players should stop doing things that result in red cards. I mean, they haven't fixed the loophole they haven't fixed the, the rules that caused the incident in the Italy game and that is continuously happening. It's like the, it, it, the people who are in charge of rugby cannot get out of their own way. Uh, too many Billy Big Bollocks is, is the uh, issue here. That They just can't have a conversation and go, what's going to make this sport better? This is going to make the sport better. And if there's a problem with it, we'll fix it. But when the problem emerges, it's like, can't fix that now. We made our decision. That's our bad. We've got to lie in it. I don't actually think, though, that there was an issue with that rule that's going down to 13 men with Italy. Uh, there is. You're getting two. You're punishing two people for the same incident. You can't do that. No, but you're not. You are. You. You actually. What happened was, two people 
ended up not playing for the same team because one player got red carded. That's what happened. Yeah, because the team... Ah, uh, uh, you're qualifying it now. No, I'm, I, I, I'm explaining why I don't think it's, a, um, why, why I don't think it's an issue. It, um, the, 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 the incident in, in that case was a bit of a over, an overstepping of the... Of, of the well, I'm sorry, overstepping. It was following the laws exactly. Exactly, but, exactly. The, but the law is bullshit. No, well, no, because it's not, though. Because you, you want to ensure that um, a team is... Not well, going to well, cheat. Well, the team's not going to cheat, but also you want to ensure that scrums are competitive, but also safe. So if you if you can't field a full front row, and there's no one, uh, there's no specified front row player that can fill in for that role, and safely. And I don't know if you've been in the front row, but I know I, I, it's it's a a long time ago. Yes, <laughs> as an under fourteen, so I would say it's not quite the same as uh, the front rows you were in. But go on. No, no, it's it's, it's madness, but. Um, uh, I, I played all three in, in high school. I didn't play uh, pro, but yeah, uh, played all three all three positions in high school. And it's it, it, unless you know, unless you're trained how to do it for, in each individual position. Sure, it's very risky. It's very risky. Now, if um, say for example, you are uh, can, I, can, playing, I just, can I just make the, the point? I understand the point you're going to make. But if a team has been had a player red carded for an incident, right? Yeah. Then in that instance, it's they're already being punished, and so it's not like they they've had the red card on purpose to go to uh, uncontested scrums. It's a, it's a, an unintended consequence. And so double punishment in all sports has eventually, even football, like the slowest, stupidest rule makers in the history of all sports, finally caught up with the idea that a red card and a penalty, do we do, the, do, we do both at the same time? Oh no, hang on a second. That's, that's kind of, that's ruining the game. But then at the same time, why do, why do we give red cards or yellow cards at the same time we give penalty tries? Now, you almost never see that. You, 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 if, if, you, if you think about it, if you think about it, most teams are kind of glad that the try got scored because it prevents the red or the yellow card. You very rarely see the double punishment of the yellow and the the, uh, the try being scored. In okay, the no- occasion, you do in the northern hemisphere. In the southern hemisphere, it's very often given where what can I say? Card, We're just better card. up here, Stephen. <laughs> I, I, the, the, it just it makes me really irritated. There's two separate there's two separate rules for well, it doesn't the make any sense. It it makes, doesn't, it, okay, we we got sidetracked there. So uh, what what else were we going to talk about? Um, well, yeah. So so Leinster Leinster have been um, uh, they they they're sending their squad to South Africa for um, their uh, mini tour. How is this going down in, in South Africa? How are they being perceived? Well, yeah. Do, do you know who's who's in the squad? Do you want me to read through the through the list? Just in case anybody's missed this, maybe the list of players who aren't in the squad would have been. Uh, go on, yeah. I think that that list is too long. Uh, this is, so we've got Ed Byrne, Peter Dooley, Michael Milne, Andrew Porter, Ronan Kelher, John McGee, James Tracy, Vak Abdaladze, um, uh, Michael Alatoa, Thomas Co- Thomas Clarkson, Brian Deeney, Jack Dunn, Josh Murphy, Martin Mooney, Reese Ruddock, who's captain, Sean O'Brien. Scott Penny, Max Deegan, Alex Soroka, Cormac Foley, Nick McCarthy, Harry Byrne, David Hawkshaw, Tommy O'Brien, Rob Russell, Kieran Frawley, Rory O'Loughlin, Jamie Osborne, Adam Byrne, Chris Cosgrove, and Max O'Reilly. And the, the immediate thing that stands out to me there is it is basically a bunch of children. Uh, with a, with a th- with a few um, Irish internationals thrown in, pretty hairy children who you wouldn't want to meet down a dark alley. But oh no, go def- for it. definitely no, no. It's I, I wouldn't want to want to come up against any of them. But uh, uh, when you compare the the squad that's available to Leinster, this is arguably it's arguably comparable to the 
academy team that Munster put out against the Wasps, and that was out of out of absolute desperation. I do see two thirds of the best front row in the world there. Uh, trademark uh, various uh, Irish pundits in the aftermath of the first game of the Six Nations. Yeah, so um, if you look if you look at it, you got uh, Andrew Porter, Ronan Keller, Reese Ruddock, and the, the, the two Burns. There is there is a quite a few there's a few players there that you you'd imagine would be considered top top class, but it's not the strongest side by any means. I mean, you just look at the players that aren't there. You have got no Sexton, no Henshaw, no Ringrose, no Furlong, no Healy, Flair, yeah, no no Van der Flair, no um, actually n- none of the Irish back, um, back row to be honest. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a weakened team, and I'm sure the South African sides are licking their chops. They're delighted about this, right? The sides themselves are, but the fans are not happy. They don't think that they. Uh, okay, I'm going to preface this by saying it's not my it's, it's not my feelings. It's not I, I completely disagree with them, and it's also not the feelings of the majority of South African fans. But it's a very loud minority that think that Leinster are disrespecting both South Africa, well maybe not, maybe not South Africa as a whole, but the South African team that they're facing, and the URC as a competition by sending this the side to to South Africa because they. It, 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 yeah, it, it, se- it seemed like either either they think that they can win with this uh, second string side, which is a, I mean I think we can all agree it's a largely second string side. Um, either they, they can beat the the best team in South Africa uh, with this second string side, or they literally don't care about these two games. They're happy to lose them, and they are focusing only on the Champions Cup, and that's it. Now that's the belief system of the, the minority of South African fans, but the loud minority. It's very, very unlikely South African rugby fans to take offence at uh, almost nothing, is it? I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, all Completely fans. Out of character. All, all fans have their have their quirks. <laughs> uh, well, and what happens now if Leicester go down with this team and beat your teams? Highly possible, um, the, the, but not not likely. If that makes uh, if that makes any sense, um, the Sharks are the only team so far in South Africa on South African soil that have lost a, a, a match, um, and they surprisingly, I think it was it was Edinburgh that they lost to, which was a big shock. I would have, I would have expected the Lions to have lost to Munster, to be honest, um, and that was actually a fairly well stocked Munster side as well. It wasn't full strength, but it was eighty to ninety percent there. Um, so it's it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, the, the, the Sharks. I've learned from from their mistakes against uh, Edinburgh, and um, well, actually, they've learned from all their mistakes recently, really. Um, and the Stormers are actually on a roll, so I don't see it happening. But um, you can understand why Leinster have sent the side, because it it makes sense to to prioritise a knockout game as opposed to a league game. They are 10 points clear of the of their closest competitor on the URC. Yeah, yeah. So they can afford to lose these matches and I do think that they are going to lose these matches. Whether it be with bonus points or not, I don't know. Spread is three points. That's not a, a massive spread for people to be getting um, upset about. But look, I, 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 I guess it does serve to offer an opportunity to speak about how the competition has been perceived by South African rugby fans and how welcome it's been because it, it's been such a slow start it's been in the works for such a long period of time COVID interrupted teams got trapped down there it was generally conceived or generally considered to have been um, I take offence to trapped down there a bit of a disaster <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get out I mean there are worse places in the world than to be stranded in Cape Town uh, it's true. Oh, well, they weren't allowed to leave their hotels, were they? Was it? You still see sun. When was the last time you saw sun in Dublin? Uh, this morning. <laughs> it's a bright, sunny day as I cycled across the Liffey. I was it sank like miserable hell. when I did. <laughs> um, so, how has the tournament been perceived? Is it, is it uh, are South African rugby fans on board with this tournament? It's 
mixed results, to be honest. Um, it's the URC is the biggest competition South Africa can take part in at the moment because obviously it replaced Super Rugby, and at the moment, and before, and Super Rugby and the Curry Cup were the only two competitions South African teams were involved in. And South Africa, like for historically, the biggest competition should be the Curry Cup because it's the oldest, it's the oldest professional rugby, or well, not professional, it's the oldest competitive rugby tournament in the world. Um, that hasn't really changed too much. And it's got so much history behind it in South Africa. However, in with the sort of development of the, of the Pro 12, Pro 14, Super, Super Rugby, etc. Sorry, not Pro. Sorry, Super 12, Super 14, and then um, on Super Rugby, it kind of took a back burner, and the international window kind of took over. So a lot of the time, the Curry Cup was for the second string teams and development squads. Yeah. Um, so that's why now that that's where it's become, where it, it's no longer that prestige that it used to ha- used to have. So um, a lot of fans are like, okay, cool. We want, we we want to be competitive in the Curry Cup, but we don't really care. That's for like the Chikwas and the and the Eastern Province and um, the, the, the Pumas and them. The big franchises they'll focus on the international tournaments like URC or Super Rugby. And it it started off not going too well because obviously South African fans they want they want what they're used to they're used to playing the, the, the New Zealand teams they're used to losing to the New Zealand teams and they're happy enough to lose to the New Zealand teams as long as they can compete against what they see as the best teams in, in, club, in club rugby which they which a lot of South Africans still think are in New Zealand they don't necessarily think that the, that the English the premiership which a lot of people over here think is premiership is the best club competition in the world um Top fourteen fans think the French rugby is the best in the world. It's like, South Africans think that the best um, club competition is in New Zealand. So they want to play against them, but they also just want to see South African rugby play internationally as well. So it's not like it's, it's not like they don't like the URC. Um, the, it's all they've got. It's all they've got, and the issue is um, they haven't had live rugby that they've been able to go to stadiums for for like the past two and a half years. Okay, and the, I think. Um, next year is really when we can judge exactly how well or otherwise this experiment of the South African teams moving to Europe has worked because the South African teams on the basis of this year's URC will qualify for the Heineken Champions Cup next year and as it stands three of the South African provinces would be you know, it's not finished yet but um, three of the teams would be qualified for next year's Champions Cup I suspect that would change the tenor of things yeah, um, I think they do want to. I mean, like uh, to be able to play the likes of um, a top top tier Toulouse team with Intermac and Dupont and all of them in it would be amazing for for the South African fans. And then um, just the idea of winning more silverware is uh, just any potential to win silverware South African fans will want. And also the fact that it's a now a, a third competition that South African teams will be playing for is something that they've never had before so it'll be it's, a, it's new it's nuanced it's, it's interesting so th- that automatically will, will give South African fans something to play for or something to, to cheer for and then the, the players themselves uh, even though South African squads are not actually as bloated as um, Northern Hemisphere squads are because uh, financially they just aren't they don't, they don't, they don't have the, the, the funds to, to pay the, their best players so a lot of them get shipped overseas uh, well, Is there a possibility that they they uh increased profile of the Champions Cup might lead to more revenue and therefore allow for some more of those best South African players to stay or is that pie in the sky? Uh, completely pie in the sky purely based on the fact that the South African round is weak. You cannot um, you, you can't really argue that any 
any increased revenue will make no difference whatsoever because um, the, the, the the South African franchise will only be paying in rands and you can't um, compete with the, with the pound and the euro. Or even, uh, and the Japanese leagues at the moment, which a lot of, a lot of South African rugby players are going to, um, largely because it's actually slightly softer. I don't want to, it's not, like, I'm not saying it's soft, but it's slightly softer than Europe or South Africa. A lot of South African fans, or a lot of South African players like to take that bit of a, a sort of six, six months or a three month palate cleanser in, in, in Japan to, to, to get them. It's, it's sort of like an off season, but it's not really an off season. So they keep fit, but they don't get the heavy hits that they, they would get every week in, in the URC or the Champions Cup or, or, or South Africa or whatever. Um, DLN has gone to Japan, we think. Is that the general consensus in South Africa? That's the story, yeah. It's looking likely that he's going to, to go into Japan. And would he go for a couple of seasons or would it be like, uh, so when you said it's just a couple of months, what, what, what like? So on rare occasions, South Africans stay there like quite permanently, like Franco Mostert and Clarke Smith. They're both um, are sticking around for quite a while, but for the, for the vast majority of them go for about a three or four month stint. Lucanio Am, he's there for six months. And then he's back in back in the Sharks, and which is weird that he kind of left mid season as well. That was I found that interesting. And so, not to individualise, but um, for any of the the players who go there, what kind of money are they making compared to how much they would make in Europe? Or I don't know the exact figure because I don't think Japan bro- um, published those figures exactly. But it's you can argue it's about twice as much as they would make in South Africa. Right. Okay. And then you can come back and go back and do whatever you want, and uh, so. It's hard to it's hard to disagree at professional sports people who are risking life and limb uh, for making money, but especially it, if um, the, the the red card rule is going to allow them to be hit hit head high repeatedly. Yeah. Okay. And then the last thing is the um, I don't know who floated the idea, but the the suggestion was that the final for this year's URC could actually be in South Africa on South African soil to try and bed the competition in. And um, what well, I presume this would be very welcome from South African fans. Yeah, like, you, you'd, you'd hope. Um, the, the idea is they, they want to try and fill stadiums and they want to try and, as you say, like get, get South African fans to wedded to this idea. They want to see the best players play in South Africa. Now, Lance is not doing, doing any favours by not sending their best players to South Africa right now. So, and as, as, as so far, no, so that no Northern Hemisphere team has sent their best team to South Africa yet. Um, they've all sent slightly weak insides. Interesting to see how Connacht get on when they have their full team out. Do no, they're, they're leaving two or three um, of the players that are not um, continuing on next year. Yeah, yeah. So, and the, the, I would consider those first string players. Okay, so, fair so, enough. So they're not again. They're not uh, like no Sammy Arnold. That's um, but yeah. Um, it's it'll be. It'll be well received if, if it is on, on South African soil. It'll be better received if a South African is in the final. Because if it's, say, hypothetically Lanza versus Munster, which is technically possible, um, if it's Lanza versus Munster, I don't see it getting a massive crowd. Not, not that South Africans don't want to watch high-quality rugby like that. It's just... No, it, nobody yeah. wants to watch teams uh, uh, completely alien uh, match played. It was Perpignan played, whoever it was, in the uh, European Cup final in Dublin in the mid-noughties and nobody went to it. It was, I think, 9,000 people at Lansdowne Road or something ridiculous like that. There is a slight difference, though, that um, a lot of the European teams have a lot of South Africans in them, like Dallin de Achies Neyman, Jean Klein, even though he's technically Irish, 
but yeah, um, like the, the, the lot of South Africa, a lot of the U uh, European teams have South Africans in them. So the, the, there is something to, to bring South Africans into those ma teams. Like they'll, they'll want to support Damon Dallander, but again, it's not like all of their players are homegrown and they're all like, come on, that's there is a bit of tribalism going on there like Bulls Bulls supporters only support the Bulls OK and uh, Leinster have been winning friends and influencing fans in South Africa by not sending their uh, best players down and then saying no we, we, do, we do not want the final in South Africa that seems like an unfair thing to happen yeah it, I mean Leo Cullen when, uh, the, his exact words were um, uh, it's a tricky one probably for the final piece you should have the t you have to earn the right that would be my opinion so basically he wants the top t the top uh, ranked team to be at home, be at home, which makes complete sense. Yeah, that's how they that's how they do it in a lot of sports. And uh, maybe maybe you just announce at the start of the year the final is going to be here, irrespective of, of the two teams in it. But like, it doesn't. It, I, I I don't think that it actually makes sense to have neutral and a neutral. Maybe you could do home and away. We see the we see the two legged finals making a, a lot of sense in um, or two legged games making a lot of sense in Europe when the two teams of similar standing. Um, all right, Stephen. So. Uh, uh, Big fans of uh, Leinster in South Africa and no fan of the 20-minute rule. Pretty much, yeah. No, the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. <laughs> we know it. I I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB sports app now.